I think he wants us to pick up where he left off. You know, saving people, hunting things, the family business. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion Hey, ass butt Carry on Welcome everyone to The Road So Far with 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and I'm joined by the Rev of Rants himself and my wayward brother, Logan Roach. How are you, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Guys, please, please, hold the applause. (laughs) It's it's just me. I'm just a guy. (laughs) Doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back on the road so far. Um, Yes, we're knocking them out again. I I feel like it was my fault. We uh, had to pause there for a little bit, but we're we're catching back up. It's nobody's fault. It's just <laughs> life. Life. Life finds a way. It finds a way. So the two episodes that we talked about last week were Scarecrow and Faith, quality episodes in our book, and great at moving the story forward and mm-hmm. opening up possibilities for the future. Introduce some. T- to some characters that uh, are not one-offs. We know they will be back. Definitely some one-offs. Yes, some one-offs, definitely. Old Uh, stankhead. (laughs) Rawhead. (laughs) Old rawhead. (laughs) Old leathery rawhead sitting in his basement. Old stank-ass head. Can't can't open doors. (laughs) I can't open doors. Anyway, we spent too much time on him. That's what did. Now he's taking it back. Well, this week we're talking about Route 666 mm-hmm. and Nightmare. The yeah. story starts, I believe you texted me, you said, it's starting to get juicy. It is, man. The um, Just the things that we learn for our main characters in both episodes, I feel like mm-hmm. one goes with one and then the other episode goes mm-hmm. with the other, but it definitely advances both of them forward, I believe. I definitely agree. I like how each individual of these two that in this episode's bunch, uh, Route 666 really, really focuses on Dean. And then Nightmare really focuses on Sam. I like mm-hmm. that they take the time to do that because they know that you have to do that sometimes. Like you can only do so much of the brothers as a whole in episodes. Sometimes you're going to have to give us a little bit of individuality to these yeah. characters. And these two episodes do it very well. Um uh, so let's move into Route 666. Now, this aired on January 31st, 2006, and it was directed by Paul Shapiro and scored a 7.4 out of 10. The second lowest rated episode so far, aside from Bugs. Yeah, it's, uh... I, I, it's, it's weird to think that because I think it's a good episode. It's a very good episode. It's, I think that it's kind of different in the way of it's a different villain than we mm-hmm. usually have. So maybe I could see people 
not getting on board with that, so to speak, maybe, but we do, it's introducing us to a new type of villain. So it's, you know, I think and that's, uh, it, it plays very, very, very heavily on racial issues. Mm-hmm. This uh, might've made people feel uneasy. Like, Oh, don't bring it into supernatural. Don't bring it into my show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, hence the rating. I think it, it's not due to the quality of the episode. I think it's the uh, uneasiness. Yeah, yeah. Issues that it tackles and not saying that people didn't like it because they're racist. Mm-hmm. I just think that there are topics that make us uneasy as fans. Sometimes like we want to escape in TV shows. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I personally like that. They tackled race issues in supernatural. But I I can see where people might have been like, uh, leave it out of my show. Yeah, uh, this th- th- don't do that in my show. So well, I don't think it was like overly like mm-hmm. done though in the episode. I feel like it was you know it was, it was made to feel important, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's like just pushing it down. Like this is what happened. This is what's happening. And I think it was like, hey, this was an issue that you know this town was facing a couple years ago. It's not mm-hmm. always been what it was which that's mm-hmm. a lot of places, you know, even still today. Oh, absolutely. Dean is contacted by an ex-flame who asks him for help when black men in her hometown are being murdered by a driverless racist truck. Yes, a racist truck. You heard me right. So why don't you take us down the road there, Rev? Yeah, man, it opens up with the, uh, the phantom truck. Uh, we're driving down the road. And this guy sees a truck behind him. And honestly, which I know we talked about this at the start of the last episode, but kind of gives you that Jeepers Creepers vibe a little bit with the, uh, the truck. It's like a huge black, like big tires, like just a nasty looking truck. And he keeps, you know, getting dinged in the, uh, the back here and he's trying to swerve him off the road. He loses it. Then it pops in front of him. He tries to turn around and then it ends up wrecking him. And then just, pretty much smashing him up to pieces and that guy uh, ends up dying. Mm-hmm. So that's where our open was, but we don't see a face. We don't see anything. We're just, I mean, I guess we could ponder. It might be somebody like in there, but we just don't know yet, but we do see notice a truck and get that vibe of he's got bad intentions. Yes. Which it kind of gives off of the vibe as well as the, uh, the passenger like in the um, uh, first was it the first episode where she's on the side of the road so it kind of gives you that feel where it might just be this stretch of highway too like it it doesn't feel like this Mm -hmm. is all over it's like this specific area and then like you're saying um, Dean's fling which I through this whole episode it's pretty funny because Sam always kind of gives him that little so who's this? You you dated for a while and da, 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 or is this like somebody? Well, he technically at first kind of gave him a hard time about it because he let slip like I put down in parentheses the secret. Mm-hmm. So the girlfriend knows what they do. Yes, so, he broke the way Sam words is you broke the rule for yeah, this girl. The, the one rule we don't tell people about, you know, our what's job. out there in the dark. Mm-hmm. So he um, they he knows that she wouldn't call for nothing. So it has to be an important reason. Um, so they go to the town and they find out that four other people, black men, have been murdered so far. And the mayor suggests that it's all just coincidence. There's no mm-hmm. like sign of tracks. There's no 
play, he says, it's just, you know, sometimes accidents happen. And then the, the girl, she's a, a black woman too, to put it in perspective for you, like Dean's girlfriend is. So she's working at this paper and she's talking to the mayor, like, Hey, we need to look into this because it's all been black men that's been murdered. So we need to get somebody out here, try to figure out what's going on pretty much. And they uh, said that there's a, a string of murders in the sixties, which was all black men. And then uh, Sam, after they're kind of getting the story, Sam suggests that Dean handles his unfinished business with his girlfriend, Cassie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much they had like a, uh, a rocky relationship, I guess, as they broke up. Because I think one, like if you find out your boyfriend or whatever at the time hunts werewolves and demons and stuff, that might be a little bit of much to take and she was like well i'm not dealing with this if you want to you know break up with me you can and do all that stuff but they end up sleeping together that night a very Mm -hmm. good makeup call which it's kind of the first time that we've seen uh dean vulnerable to that extent as well because even in their back and forth talk when they were trying to make up they were kind of heated and said i never wanted to you know back away from you i was being honest and this is what we do and she's like well i never really wanted to break up either and that's what led to the uh old hot and heavy but that's the first time Mm -hmm. we've seen dean like not be super jokey and try to push it away with somebody close to him yes uh the mayor um meets up then he's on that stretch of road i guess he had bought he chose the blueprints and he had bought like a section of that uh, land and he's kind of just going over the blueprints and then he walks back to his car and then he's met with the truck and then it chases him down and then pretty much runs it over him. We don't see that part, but he we're led to believe he gets uh, a yeah. rope a dope by the old truck and he passes away. But before that he was saying that um, I'm not, you know, telling you, I'm not looking into it because I'm, you know, not racist. You need to ask your mom, that or how did he word it he said he says uh you need to ask your mom just how not racist i am yeah and then she gets asked by dean and she doesn't really say anything and she goes up because she's tired and all that good stuff but we learned that the mayor buys an old piece of land which she was walking from from the dorian family and the dorian family is the one that pretty much is like a family that owns all this town back in the day so they own like the paper, they own that family plot. And then the mayor bulldozes the house down and the killings start the next day after the bulldozing of the house. Mm-hmm. And I put this too, which I thought was pretty funny. The uh, mom, which I don't know why it's in both of these episodes, but I keep putting it down. They have like tea, like a proper, mm-hmm. like is it, it's either tea or coffee, but yeah. they, they even put like two sugars in there and they have like the little plate and like, <laughs> They're just literally sipping it with two fingers. Tea through China. It's hilarious (laughs) because we've (laughs) seen them pounding bottles of beer up until now. So it's like, okay, we're having a talk. So Sam and Dean's like sitting in the living room and she just hands out a little saucer and a teacup. (laughs) And they're just like sipping it like a little play date. But I put in parentheses, I was like, coffee cups? Question? But anyway, and we break down uh, the story. 
after the mom kind of breaks down because the truck that night goes after Cassie and it gives her a pretty good scare, kind of goes around the house and she's, you know, scared to death, calls Dean. They come up and the mom finally breaks down of what the actual issue was. As you said, Cassie's mom dated Cyrus, which Cyrus was uh, the white guy that her mom was dating before, like uh, Cassie was around. It was probably she said they were younger but i think it was like 40 ish years ago or something like like that 60s i think yeah and then she said she was dating cyrus but seeing martin and martin is the guy that got killed in the very beginning which was cassie's uh dad and martin um it she was dating cyrus but seeing martin in secret which she was seeing him in secret because at the time they were talking about you know racial integration was not really looked upon as a a very good thing at the time. And then Cyrus went crazy. And uh, when she, he found out and was kind of pretty much went on this string of murders because he was trying to get back at everybody. So he burned, well, I guess it's not really a string of murders, but a murder happened. So he tried Mm -hmm. to get back at um, the is it just Mrs. Robinson? I'm trying to like search my head. I can't remember yeah, her first just name. Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. So Miss Ro- uh, Miss Robinson and Martin was going to get married at this church, and Cyrus tried to burn it down because he heard about it, and they were just mm-hmm. going to elope in private. And there was a whole choir team, apparently, of kids that was in the church. So Cyrus killed all those kids, not technically meaning to, but that kind of just adds to it. And then. He had this truck, which it's we have linked now that Cyrus and the truck are one and the same. And Cyrus runs Martin off the road and pretty much beats him with this bat half to death. Martin gets the bat in return after just trying to protect himself and beats Cyrus half to death and then ends up killing him. Mm-hmm. So he calls his buddies. Then they put Martin in the truck and then they push it down the hill into the river. And that's where our connection comes from because anger wrapped in, you know, a love triangle and then somebody ends up dying and then his spirit is connected to the truck in the swampy area. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a different type of vengeful spirit. Mm -hmm. And we also learned that the mayor at the time hadn't, he was a deputy. Mm-hmm. and yep. he kept it a secret yep he uh found out he was uh the lead on the case and he found out what martin was doing and he just kind of linked the two but he didn't say anything about it mm-hmm. which that's what he was talking about with cassie he was like why don't you go ask your mom because he obviously told the mom but he said he didn't do anything about it because he knew also what cyrus had done to everybody mm-hmm. so he just kind of was like eh, it's it's, it's good with me if this is good with you. They, he was a douchebag. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Nobody's crying. He's dead. Yeah, nobody's crying, which that's, I mean, that's tough. If you got your uh, deputy in your town, like, eh. You I mean, he, he was an a-hole, so <laughs> don't be an a-hole. So the boys are like, okay, now we know what the story is and what happened. We got to go find the truck. The boys pull up the truck, which... I don't know. I had this thought in the episode, like, why wouldn't they try to find his body somewhere around there during the time? Mm-hmm. I guess the deputy and everybody just kind of kept it buried. But if the guy goes missing, you kind of 
probably look in your pond, but <laughs> truck or uh, the boys got a tractor hooked up the, which they weren't wet either. They, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to leave that where maybe they've had time to dry off. <laughs> they went into the marsh, they connected the truck, pulled it up with the tractor and then they opened and they're the door dry <laughs> and they're dry as a bone. They are super dry. And then we get the uh, classic salt and burn the body because the body was in the front of the truck. And then the uh, truck appears after they had already burned the body. So Dean takes the truck on a chase and then Sam, he just pretty much says, Hey, you need to find, figure something out how to burn this truck. And then Dean just pretty much takes him on a chase. He's like, I, I need to get out of here. The truck sticks and runs over. You figure out what to do. So Basically we get baby versus the racist truck. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So Dean just kind of is, or uh, Sam is pretty frantic on what to do. He's just trying to figure out, I'm not really sure how I'm going to burn this truck. We don't have any gasoline. He's like searching for what to do. Dean calls him on the phone and Sam leads Dean to a location down the road, seven tenths of a mile uh, down the road. And he pretty much breaks away from him and turns around at the exact spot that uh, Sam has told him to. And he's leading him to that spot, but Dean doesn't know anything. Sam's just like, you need to stay in this spot. Do not move. And then we're just going to throw a Hail Mary pretty much. <laughs> so he has like a little standoff baby in the, the racist truck. <laughs> That's so funny to say yeah, in the racist truck. And he just starts charging him. And then you're like, okay, this is going to be a very high mechanic bill for a baby because he's about to ram the shit out of this car. And then right when it gets to the very tip of the car, he vanishes out of thin air. And you're like, oh, because you think you're bracing for that impact. And then it just never happened. He just kind of dissipates. And Dean's like, what the, f what happened? What happened? And he's like, what, what happened? What happened? And then Sam goes, well, that's where the church got burnt down. Like he burned the church down with the kids in there and it's hollow ground. Mm -hmm. So when ghosts pass over hollow ground, sometimes they get it destroyed. destroys them. <laughs> he goes, you know, that would work. And Sam goes, Oh, I thought maybe it would work. Dean goes, maybe it's like, I want to kill him. <laughs> he took a chance. He took a chance. And then, at that point, the uh, the truck is just it disappears into thin air and is uh, never heard from again. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, go back to Cassie, and then she and Dean already pretty much have come to terms, saying that they're they love each other, but they're not really meant to be right now because Dean's doing his thing with his dad. Cassie, you know, don't want to hold him back from that either, and they leave on good terms. Cause they uh, have a pretty good makeout session right there at the end of it, which was funny. And Sam's like, <clears throat> Dean gives him the behind the back finger. Like, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. And then we see them take off in baby. And the one question that was uh, kind of prevalent in that uh, very last scene is, you know, Sam asked him, you know, if you find a girl like that and, you know, we have a mission to do, you think, you know, all this is worth it. It's hunting worth it. And then he just puts on his glasses and he's like, just wake me up when it's my turn to drive. Mm -hmm. And they drive off. Cause it, it, they, there's this moment where like halfway through the episode, 
Sam's putting two and two together about Cassie and all that. Like, why did he tell her the secret? Why did he save her? Why did he come back when Cassie calls? And Sam's like, Dean, you love her. Mm -hmm. You loved her. This wasn't just a girl. You loved her. And he's like, shut up. He definitely uh, pulled on the heartstrings of Dean because, like we were saying in the first place, you you don't see him vulnerable a lot Mm -hmm. at all. It comes with, especially to somebody outside of his triangle, like, his you know brother and his dad like there's yeah. no there's nothing really yet that we've seen that kind of pulls his heartstrings like that but this this girl right here apparently changed the way he uh views it at this point and mm-hmm. we're assuming that this is when uh sam was at college as well so yes but overall i thought it was a pretty good episode i i mean i feel like it it's not as strong as a like we were talking about at first as a bad guy because you didn't really have like a lot of no. This like, is definitely or turns. for the story. Yeah, it's this for the episode story, yeah. was was less about the bad guy and the intimate da- uh, impending danger, and more about the uh, the story of Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, gives you a lot of development with Dean just being, you know, a little bit more soft, and you kind of see inside the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm which is a, a nice change of pace for uh, Dean because we're growing. We're growing as characters. We we're developing. We're <laughs> so biggest takeaways, what do you think? Um, our biggest takeaway is, the, the, like we said, the untold story of Dean. It mm-hmm. shows us yet again a little glimpse behind the curtain that Dean is not a one-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. And we may not get those every episode on either of the boys. Yeah. Uh, and in future, whenever they introduce new, you know, part time, full time characters, you're not always going to have episodes where they let you peek behind the curtain of how dimensional this character is. But when you do, it makes it special, which is why this episode is is more special, I think, as a whole than it is as an individual episode, mm-hmm. because like we've said, it's not about the big bad guy being, you know, a demon on a plane crashing planes it's not about that it's about the emotionality of one of our main characters um and the second takeaway is getting to see the untold stories of when him and sam weren't together because obviously he was at college for two years Mm -hmm. and a lot apparently happened within that two years to make dean into the dean we know because Mm -hmm. we do get to see flashbacks of younger Dean and younger Sam in future episodes. But that younger Dean is completely different than the Dean we have now because of some things that happened in these two years that Sam wasn't with him. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely interesting to see that little peek behind the curtain. What about you? It's definitely nice, man. We've talked about a few of my biggest takeaways. The the number one thing I got is hate is a dangerously powerful tool. Mm -hmm. And especially with, even like we were saying, he's not the biggest bad guy that we're going to see through this season, but just something like hate just in a, you know, love situation or because sometimes we see this or we're leading toward this or you get that feeling with kind of Dean and Sam, especially like when Changeling had taken them over or something, mm-hmm. they always give those little jabs and stuff like that. It's like hate can just kind of build and build and build, especially with, you know, spirits or, reapers or any type of thing it seems like you have to get 
past a certain threshold to like do these unthinkable things. And then mm-hmm. when you let you go yourself go past that situation, you're kind of, there's no coming back from it because he hated yeah. this person or the, this couple so much. And, you know, Miss Robinson so much that he attached himself to this earth to, you know, get back at it essentially, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, we hear about these times from our mm-hmm. parents and our grandparents, you know, when there was different kind of racial diversity. I mean, and there's still racial injustice even in 2020, but we rarely get to see these stories of what was going on in the 60s mm-hmm. play out in today's television. Uh, that's not about that. Now, if it's a show that's about that, then obviously we see it. But yeah, which is why I like that Supernatural did it. They didn't just say, hey, there's a racist truck in 2006 yeah. doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's because of what happened during those days, days of a white woman wanting to, to marry a black man. Mm-hmm. And just that hate that came from that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll never be able to really know what it was like back then, but it's really cool to get to see somehow they still tell a story, mm-hmm. even in Supernatural as a vehicle, you know, no pun intended. When, uh, too, the, uh, when they were talking on the docks, just trying to get information, the black guy they were talking to that was playing checkers, he goes, you know, about 40 years ago, this town wasn't always so friendly. And the white dude was like, look, like, <laughs> you're still bringing up that. <laughs> that was 40 years ago, man. But 40 years ago, that's not too long ago. You know what I'm no. saying? No. But, I mean, we're, we're getting close to a point where, I mean, we're, we're now able to in conversation say to some people you know 20 years ago it was different mm-hmm. 20 years ago you know we're at that age now to where we can say 20 years ago <laughs> is 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 a different time than it is now yeah uh, and one day we'll be able to say dude this was just 40 years ago it really isn't that uh, impossible to think that it's it's so far away because it mm-hmm. wasn't that far away um, yeah. I, I think it's funny. I saw, uh, a meme the other day that had a grandmother telling her kid about respecting her elders. And she said, you know, back in my day, and he goes, Oh, shut up grandmother. Back in your day, people of color drank from a different water fountain. Damn. Like, <laughs> don't, don't tell me about back in your day and respect. And I was like, that's, that's true. It's true. Hmm. But I, I did like that. Uh, the little scene on the dock you just talked about because the, the white guy's like trying to keep his mouth shut but he's just like oh god you still talking about that he's like jesus well, steve that was a long time <laughs> you didn't live it whitey <laughs> wasn't much different for you back then was it there rick yeah i mean still a lot to change in today's uh mm-hmm. day and age but we've come a long way as well but you never stop going toward a, a better life for everybody you know absolutely and then we talked about number two uh dean let himself be vulnerable that's just a fun side to see like you were saying a peek Mm -hmm. behind the curtain and it's just we always see the guns first just shooting everything that moves or taking the 100,000 volt taser into a you know watered down basement and just shooting not even thinking about anything so it's cool to see 
just that side and he's capable of that. It's not always so hard and distant. It's like, you know, he, he can allow himself to be, you know, human, human. not just a machine, yeah. you know? And the third thing, the question that at the end is, is hunting worth it? We talk about this in, you know, a bunch of episodes, even with Sam, um, when they were helping with the, the changeling, the, uh, mm -hmm. shapeshifter, you know, it's, you got to keep your friends at a distance. You can't really have that many relationships outside of your fellow hunter. And it's just a really lonely life. And now we see it on the other flip of the coin where, you know, it's Sam and, or, uh, it's Dean and it's just, you know, just as hard for Dean as it is Sam Yeah, and Sam's been in it or Dean, I keep flip-flopping them, but Dean has been in it longer than Sam just, you yeah. know, doing the hunting grind. And he even still longs for something else sometimes, even though he knows he's got a clock in and has a job to do. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's a very tough, lonely lifestyle. Because we've already passed this point where, and I think we keep bringing it up, but after the shifter episode, we even get to hear Sam say, you know, that was a different life. You know, mm -hmm. it was just six months ago, but it feels like years ago. You know, uh, he's starting to kind of embrace like, sure, every hunter would love the normal life, would love to get out. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's impossible because once you're in it, you're in it. Well, that's like we uh, talked about, too, with the uh, last two episodes. It's how do you hold life? So if mm -hmm. you have the ability to, to save people and the knowledge to save people, why would you not? Exactly. Right. So if mm -hmm. they go and live a normal life and have, you know, wife and kids and do all this stuff and they know in the back of their mind, they could be saving people every day out there mm -hmm. from impending doom. So that's what a, a hero's life is. Sacrifice of self for, you know, the people that need your help. Absolutely. So that's a good, that's a good message. You know what I'm saying? It is. It is supernatural coming through with the good message elbows. <laughs> I know from so the top. A little unknown trivia here. So editor uh, Anthony Pinker was amused by some notes he got from the network for this episode in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, despite all the multiple deaths and racial violence in the show, uh, one thing that they were told to abstain from was depicting. Cassie on top of Dean in their uh, scandalous scene. <laughs> hey, um, that's love making me. Hey, yeah. that's love making me. That's you could say that. Um, they apparently the network did not want to depict Cassie on top. on top. And true to the rebellious nature of Kripke in the show, they did it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think she was on top she for was. a second. Yeah, Kripke and then basically said, dude seriously <laughs> you've got a problem with that you need to check your misogyny at the door we're gonna do it this way have you not read the entirety of the episode <laughs> uh athens ohio uh that is mentioned at the beginning of the episode in real life is regarded as one of the most haunted areas in the country Ooh. Mm -hmm. do we know details on that i uh, know I know that Ghost that. Adventures and some other shows have done a lot of different locations in Athens, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but it is considered one of the most haunted areas in the country. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the setting of the fire of the church in 1963 that killed the children is mm-hmm. loosely based off the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing that occurred in 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama, killing four of the five children inside the church during Dang. choir practice. So it actually happened. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Yes. The episode title referencing the 1960 through 1964 TV series Route 66 is especially special to the supernatural because it is loosely based on the aspect that two men with no fixed home, no regular jobs, wandering the countryside, helping folks when in trouble is what happened (laughs) in Route 66, the show. That's like one of those, just like Route 66 and then the like (laughs) slope into the camera. Yeah. Straight at it. <laughs> Straight. Um, and the body count was four. Uh, five, if you count Cyrus's truck and the spirit of Cyrus. But, <laughs> but four. Four people were killed. That's not, I mean, still, we're not in high numbers. We are not. Um, Going into uh, 14. As we're yeah. getting in, as we went through season five, season six, and we're getting into season seven, <laughs> Maddie, I told Maddie, I was like, I told you that a lot more deaths were on the way. <laughs> <laughs> once we got in the heat of it like four five six and now we're into seven i was like people especially die like, left and right especially like uh when the angels and demons come in hard mm-hmm. like they drop real quick yes and when uh i remember big with uh Cass when he's like the head of the reins i feel like there's mm-hmm. battle scenes everywhere oh yeah death everywhere angels mm-hmm. other angels demons monsters i mean everybody's dying in the later seasons it's just like a slow cigar burn right now. Mm-hmm. Just like a, you just enjoying the puff. Yeah, the but don't worry, out. the cancer's coming later. <laughs> cancer's coming later. We're going to do keg stands. Just chug it all in. So, uh, any last thoughts on this episode, my friend? No, I think that's it. I'm uh, ready to talk about some uh, nightmares. Absolutely. And we will get to that next episode when we return. Hey, guys, my name is JT. What's up, everyone? I'm Darren. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Josh. Hey, guys, I'm Christian. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Dominic, and we're the East Coast Avengers. We're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe. Whether you're a fan of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, video games, comics, or anything else nerdy that you can think of, we're the podcast for you. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, on to the next episode, Nightmare. Mm. So this aired on February 7th, 2006, and it scored an 8.3 out of 10 and was directed. This is the first one directed by Phil. Uh, I think they pronounce it Screesia. I think is how he pronounces his name. Uh, he directs a lot of them. The Screes. Still to this day, the Screes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when Sam's visions start happening while he's awake, he and Dean investigate the unusual murders he foretold only to find them all to be true. And that perhaps he's not the only one with special abilities. When visiting the Millers, the boys disguise themselves as priests. (laughs) 
own priests. It's a first. And uh, the thing about, you know, nightmares, they only happen when you close your eyes. Mm. So you just got to quit that. This is really when it starts to kick into gear. This a is. Bit it, more. Well, this definitely cranks it up story-wise for the boys because mm. from this point, we've got like little clips and kind of hints about everything. But this, you kind of see like they're definitely meant for something. They're definitely... Mm-hmm like the the plan so to speak that we were talking about there's definitely connections there's definitely you know balls and wheels turning rolling mm-hmm. downhill this is we're, we're speeding up mm-hmm. in this episode mm-hmm. 14 and especially the game changer of he's having these visions awake now mm-hmm. and basically seeing murders taking place yeah, so that's where we cold open here, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a guy gets trapped. He's coming home from work, I assume, and he gets in his garage, and his garage door closes. He can't get out of his car. The exhaust keeps pumping in the garage, and he eventually just passes out and dies from the exhaust, and Sam sees that in a dream so we get a lot of these things where and then he wakes up i put that in the <laughs> notes all through this because you're like oh dang that dude just died and then sam pops up he's like uh, we gotta go we gotta go now sam wakes up and then he wakes up that's how the ending is gonna happen yeah that's how the finale is gonna be confirmed and he's like oh what happened just had a headache where we had <laughs> then it's just them driving off from his college but anyway he uh, commits suicide they say mm-hmm. in the report because um sam has this dream they go to you know he calls on the phone i'm assuming like a police line it's like mm-hmm. hey this is da 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 uh officer you know whatever they're using at the time and run some plates because he remembers the uh, car's plates and then he tags that through the address so he just playing his you know basic detective skills to try to find this guy they uh run up to him but it had already happened they get there the next morning and people are outside like big you know to do in the neighborhood and for all intensive purposes the the lady that was there seems like you know the guy was normal he didn't have any you know history of depression or anything like that so they just act super surprised because mm-hmm. there was no you know he's he's just a normal guy but he committed suicide so uh, i was gonna shave this for a trivia but do you know why the woman that they're talking to uh-huh. they're not really showing her face she's just like a bystander standing there talking to him and they're not really showing her face it's the aunt from the scarecrow episode Really? <laughs> Who sacrifices the same actress? Oh no! It is the soonest we've ever seen an extra. That's funny. Reused. I did and, not even notice that. Yeah, that's why they barely show her because she was pretty prominent in the Scarecrow episode. Oh yeah, she was uh, literally two episodes ago. Freaking heartless one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's the one saying like, "Oh yeah, it's just so sad. Such a normal family too." Mm-hmm. But every normal family has. Dark secrets. Dark secrets. So as dark as the water in episode three. Dang, that's true. And uh, they kind of feel uncomfortable about going in as cops because mm. 
you know, he just passed away. They didn't want to feel, you know, seem insensitive. So they <laughs> pretty much bring up and Dean goes, oh, I know what we're going as. And they come up as uh, young priests. <laughs> that, that's why I put the young priest suits. And they said that they were from uh, this guy's church and they were priests in training. I don't know. <laughs> were, is is that a thing? The, they priests were from the local diocese and they yeah. were uh, in training youth priests or something like that. And then they sit down and then cue the coffee on saucers and <laughs> cups again. That's two times it's made an appearance back to back. And I put why coffee on this little sippies again. Little saucers. I, this little saucers sipping some coffee. Um, the big thing that um, I found in this scene is they did question the son too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, rightfully so kind of sulking in the, the corner and Sam usually he he's the one I feel like Sam has the the job of like the the emotional control where he's mm-hmm. like very soft with people and can get in there and then Dean's always the one that's doing the asking the hard questions asking the hard questions finding out the doing the legwork but he goes in and goes upstairs with some sort of laser EMF I don't know if it says exactly what it is but this thing is like massive and has like two green lasers that's pointing through and it's just reading trying to get any type of cold reading for the house i would assume and it, do you remember that where it, where it does that that huge where he goes upstairs and it's like the device and it has two big lasers that's crossing yes yes what did uh, he say that was uh I, I just put laser EMF. I saw, I'm sure that he was probably checking for cold spots. And I saw uh, Zach Bagans use one of those once <laughs> in a Ghost Adventures episode, and I was like, oh, they're real. They're real. I was like, this thing is massive. But Where did he hide it? <laughs> just in his front pocket or something? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Is that an EMF in your pocket, Sam? <laughs> And then they're just confused because that turned up negative. No Mm. readings could be found. And then Sam has another vision. And this time it's of the brother. And it, this death vision is pretty gnarly because he goes in to his house. He's, uh, you know, putting his groceries away and then his uh, window keeps popping up and down. And he's like closing it. He's like, the heck is going on it pops up because he even locks it so it unlocks pops up and he couldn't get it down so he pops his head out the window and looks up and then the window wham cuts off the old head right there and lands in his flowers and this vision was during the day as well so this is like in the middle of the day no sleep anything so and pretty much he sam has like a uh professor x type moment where he's just mm-hmm. like holding his head and he's just like it's super painful and he stops and kind of knees down a little bit and he's just like just getting this download pretty mm-hmm. much and um obviously it's freaking dean out a little bit but dean's always got that like you know hard exterior so he's mm-hmm. like it's fine it, you don't need to worry about it so they rush over to the uh, uncle's house they find out where he lives and they actually meet the uncle down before he goes up it's like one of those uh doors that lock before you go up to the elevator 
kind of mm-hmm. like in the um, show I'm thinking of. Uh, what's the nerdy show? The with oh, Penny? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang. <laughs> draw a complete blank on that. But anyway, too. it's like where it closes and you have to have somebody let you in. So the boys are locked out. They come around the back and go up the fire escape. And then literally at the time that they try to get to his window, his head is popped off. So they are. One would say that the window sealed his fate. The <laughs> Dang. Cue the. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, that's over two that they're going for uh, saving death. Mm-hmm. And the daytime uh, visions that we talked about, they're super painful, and but they're trying to figure out pretty much what the link is with everybody. They don't, they went and tested the house. There's still no signs of like cold spots. There's no, you know, spirits in there, really nothing. And they had to, and the fire escape, I thought was funny too. Like Dean Sam's over there, like, oh my God, Zed's chopped off, and Dean goes straight to, here, take this rag, wipe all your fingerprints down the thing so they can't like, I, f- I feel like he, it's pretty much, he has every. It's cinched into his brain. Yeah. It's like this hunter mode. I, you have to be invisible. It's yeah. just like all the time going. And then since they're uh, late again, uh, Sam notices a dark shadow in one of his dreams. So he did tell Dean that, that he didn't notice somebody there mm. doing some type of something and they go back and they go to the uh, mom's house, which we find out is a stepmom. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier, but it is a stepmom, real dad, and then real uncle. And they go back to this house and then they talk to Max and he kind of gives off that vibe of like, he's not telling them everything. So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, what did he ask specifically? He's like, how was things in your childhood? That's what he asked. Yes. And he is saying, oh, they're, they're fine. It, it was, why would you ask that? And they're like, it, just a question, nothing. Have you noticed any cold spots? What kind of priests are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're, you know, super normal family. Nothing yeah. happened. And then they, as they walk out, they're like, well, nobody's normal. Nobody's yeah. ever normal. So they go to uh, do their Scooby-Doo thing and then check out the old house and the neighbor across the street gives us a huge detail about Max has been abused as a kid. And Mm -hmm. this would be from the drunk father, which we just found out. And then he said the uncle would also take a swing at him from time to time. And the stepmother would not do anything about it. So quiet. Yeah. She stayed quiet the whole time. So that kind of brings you into like, she didn't really do anything, but at the same time, she didn't do anything. So it's she's guilty by association and not guilty by so, yeah, guilty by association. And so once they learn that, Sam has vision number three. So this is where we learn that it is Max and he has powers. Mm-hmm. So he's talking to his stepmom in the kitchen and he picks up a knife with his brain powers Mm -hmm. and then it shows like a knife getting really close to her eye and then it kind of fades back where you're like well he's probably not going to do that and then right into the eye straight (laughs) white violins are 
yeah, just oof. That's that's a rough one. But we find out that if these dreams are coming true, which two have beforehand, mm-hmm. that the third one is probably going to be true as well. Mm-hmm. So they go and say, hey, this is Max. We got to go. This is, you know, what we got to go to. We got to go back to stepmom's house and we got to stop this because I just saw Max kill his mother. Telekinetic style, knife to the head. We got to go. And then Dean, when they're in the driveway, Dean is like already in the mindset of we got to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. There's no like pause, but I, I wrote he's, down actually just like any other creature we would hunt. Yeah. That's what he says. Exactly. He's like, well, he's a monster. He's killed people. So we got to put it into him. And then Sam is on the other side of the coin saying that he's, he's a human. He's not a monster. We can talk to him and end this. And pretty much they go in and stop that initial thing. But when they try to talk him down the first time, Dean did bring a gun. So when he opens the door, Max sees that closes the door on him and then kind of freaks out there for a beginning. And then it gets to where Sam just needs five minutes to talk to Max alone. So Dean, well, he did throw, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the stepmom got thrown and cracked her head on the table and she's concussed out a little bit. And Dean takes her up and Sam and Max just kind of start talking and he goes, I know your childhood has been rough and, you know, you don't have to end up like this. He's like, childhood, he did this to me last week. He, like, reaches up, bruised all over and cut mm-hmm. on his ribs. And they keep kind of telling stories, which he said his dad blames him because he started drinking when his mother died. And he kept telling him stories that I killed her in the crib because he comes in and then his mother is on the ceiling burning to death and he had to take you know, Max out to save him. And he blames Max for that happening. Now, where so, have we heard that story? Where have we heard that? It's very similar to somebody who, though. Mm. But that's when they have the connection. So we know that Sam and Dean experienced literally the exact same thing. And it was on the crib or in the crib and mom mama winchester is on the ceiling fire burns max experienced the exact same childhood trauma and then they learn it's been about six to seven months when their powers have started kicking in and sam we haven't seen him you know throw anything or do anything like that but he has had visions Mm -hmm. even as far back as jess seeing you know her die so this is a Mm -hmm. direct reflection of you know those dreams kind of getting more intense maybe it's because they're close proximity maybe it's something else maybe there's i don't know maybe they're unlocking their abilities they don't really know and then once they figure that out he pretty much says we you know can help each other we can you know curve this you don't have to end up this way so sam's pretty much throwing everything that he can at him to try to curve him i mean he even pulled out the puppy dog look yeah i mean he was given he was given everything and he was like, no, she's still part of this and it has to end with her. Mm-hmm. So he takes Sam, puts him in a closet and then moves with his mind, this huge like bookshelf, like this mm-hmm. massive bookshelf and traps Sam. And then you see him go up and pop into the room. Dean's there. 
stepmom's there. She goes, you pretty much Max going in there to kill him. Dean steps in front of him and says, if you're going to kill her, you're going to have to go through me. And then he just goes, <laughs> he goes, okay. Poof, pulls the trigger, shoots Dean in the head. And then you're like, uh, yeah, literally you're like, what the hell? I know. Cause there's, you know, nothing to key. Like, you know, Sam's having a vision, but then he wakes up <laughs> and you notice that Sam's in the, the closet still. And you're like, Ooh, okay. You kind of got me there for a second. I was like, that, that was the most non built up death ever. You just get capped walking up <laughs> the stairs. And this part is very interesting because once Sam sees that, then like a burst of adrenaline happens and he just kind of slings the, uh, the huge cupboard like Max did away with his, his powers, his mind. his mind. He just throws that big bookshelf cupboard, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. through. And then he's like, what did I just do? And pops open the, uh, the closet and then he runs up because he knows what's about to happen because he just had a vision of it and then once he gets up there he max is at this point too far gone anyway he tries to stop him one more time and he looks at him and he's just like you don't have to do this we can still come back from this and he goes no i can't and then turns the gun that he has you know with his mind pops himself in the head and that's the end of our buddy max it's it's tough though, man, because I feel like even though he said all the right things and said everything that he needed to, that anger in him, which we felt from you know the last episode. I feel like episode we're doing these in twos, but I feel like there's always like some sort of connection in these twos, and you let anger get the best of you. Sometimes you go f- too far over the line where you can't come back, even come back from. Yeah, you you feel just alone at that point and then you know max had his childhood he was, built up he was maxed out on anger <laughs> i feel like you're going to mention something about him because i feel like he's been in a lot of things too he max has. yeah he he's has. been in a whole bunch of stuff and then after that the police come and then the, the stepmom pretty much helps out with uh, sam and dean saying that they're just family friends trying to help because you know max went crazy he had the gun mm-hmm. and you know he killed himself when sam and dean got there and she just said that she's lost everybody and you know he went crazy and i don't know where he got the gun from and she kind of broke down and the boys kind of split yeah. and the, the big thing after that is sam said I, i'm really glad that we have dad and then Dean's like, I never thought I heard or I would hear that come out of your mouth. And he goes, I mean, it could have been really different. He could have, you know, after mom died, could have just drank himself to death and we could have been in the same situation, but we turned out okay because of him. Yeah. So I think that was kind of a big moment for Sam to be like, you know, even though that we've had our problems in the past, dad was still there for us to teach us to lead us in, you know, a good path, even though a lot of bad things happen. Oh, and and their childhood could have always been worse. Mm -hmm. A lot worse. And another thing, Dean kind of underplays the, um, 
the the visions and stuff and then sam does let him know about the the push out of the way like the uh the force push he mm-hmm. said it was kind of like a drilling he does go well if you have those abilities bend the spoon and he's like i, I can't control it it was like a adrenaline burst a, a shock of adrenaline is like a punch i can't really control it he goes aren't you worried about it aren't you you know worried i'll turn out like max and he goes no because you have something he doesn't he's like what dad he goes, no, you got me here. Nothing's ever going to happen to you, Sammy. And then we, uh, he does another joke. He's like, now with those mind powers of yours, I know where we have to go. He goes, where? He goes, Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. <laughs> he said, we could clean up. And um, Rain Man. You could be Rain Man in Vegas. But, I mean, this episode unpacks a lot whole bunch of stuff what do you think biggest takeaways for you were the biggest takeaways for me was the eye-opening experience that there's more out there with sam's story Mm -hmm. not just the visions but now we have met someone else uh who had a mom die the exact same way and it opens your eyes as an audience member like okay then there really is something at play you even catch yourself thinking okay there's something bigger going on and did that meg chick have something to do with it she's got to play into it somewhere does Mm. does papa winchester know is that why he doesn't want sam around like you know how's dean gonna handle this you know and down the road um what more can happen you know it just it opens your eyes to like okay even in season one this is not just going to be about two brothers hunting crazy things looking for their dad yeah there is something big at play and whatever it is it incorporates more people than sam winchester Mm -hmm. and it's 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 kind of unnerving the unknown yeah, because it could go many different ways because we've mm-hmm. seen this play out in like a X-Men scenario where people are trying to create those type of people mm-hmm. or they're trying to collect those type of people or they're finding these type of people like Umbrella Academy type style mm-hmm. or, you know, what what's the connection? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And, I guess my other takeaway is even though he's got these abilities – Sam is so different than Max. Mm-hmm. Person now, granted, Max was was abused and all that, but you just still see the morality of Sam play through, mm-hmm. and it mostly wins out yeah. every episode. He's well, even just a with, good person. Even with him seeing Max kill like his mom in that vision, he still wanted to try to turn him, mm-hmm. you know, away from that that mindset. And even when he couldn't, he was, you know, hard on himself too. He's like, if I would just said something in that last moment, or if I had said something downstairs, like he was just picking himself apart, which Mm. he just cares for other people like that. You could tell that's always like a, a soft spot on Sam because he has just like the big heart of Mm -hmm. the group. Cause Dean was going to go in there like shotguns blazing. We got to, we got to take this. We've got to whack this kid. (laughs) My only different biggest takeaway uh, other than what we'd already talked about is 
the kind of dilemma between Sam and Max because Max found out he had these abilities and then he pretty much could, you know, have the power to turn on his oppressors. So with it, that power, did that make him, you know, kind of turn the way he did or is it just, you know, his situation or like what, what kind of fueled that? Cause if he didn't have that, he'd probably still be in the same situation. So is Sam going to, you know, see this demon or whatever that we're talking about and go crazy trying to get after it. Is it going to change him? I don't know. Cause that's what he's worried about at the end of the episode is, you know, will this affect me the way it affected him? But that's something we'll have to see on the road so far on the road so far. That's why you tune in. Mm-hmm. So I got, Little bit little bit of trivia thing here. The moment when Dean is dressed as a priest and starts grabbing cocktail weenies to eat, <laughs> that was improvised by Jensen Ackles. They were meant they were edible, mm-hmm. but they were like cold and not really like seasoned well. They were just meant to be props. So yeah. he just grabbed them and started eating. And after that the writer started adding in Dean eating stuff more because it's just funny. It just became part of his character. Just, Ooh, food. <laughs> and then, yeah. Ooh, pie. That's, ooh, pie. That's super um, funny too. Cause Sam was like, uh, father, could you cool it a little bit? <laughs> and, uh, in an interview with Jens, if, if you ever ask him in interviews, they've talked about, uh, different seasons. He's, it's one of his fondest memories is, those cocktail weenies were disgusting. I regretted <laughs> eating them the minute I put it in my mouth. They were terrible. Well, in that first whole conversation with the stepmom, he had like the weenies in his mouth. So he's mm-hmm. like, so um, I've noticed anything like <laughs> mouthful of weenie. Classic. Um, Sam and Dean introduced themselves as Father Simmons and Father Freely, the bassist and former lead guitarist for Kiss. Mm. Mm-hmm. The names always mean something. Is there ever a name where it's just like random, or is that mm-hmm. always that always something? <laughs> they are ninety percent of the time they are classic rock groups. Last names of somebody in classic rock because of the music their dad raised them on, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they'll do pop culture like Ford and Hamill, yeah, or something like that. But yeah, they're they're never just generic names. They're always based off something. Um, director Philip Scrisia personally chose to use two early Bob Singer songs because he was from Michigan and Nightmare took place in Sagenawa, Michigan. Uh, in addition to this, he asked his sister to send him coffee mugs and baseball caps from Michigan to make it more believable that they were in Michigan. His sister actually sent him memorabilia for the cast mm-hmm. to wear. Like they were from Michigan. Nice. Um, actress Beth Broderick, who played the stepmom. Is she familiar to you? She is. I couldn't place her either. She has. Mm. Was she in? Well, well, I'd be like, oh, the yeah. Most famous character is Aunt Zelda Spellman on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the second time that Brendan Fletcher, who plays Max, has played the last name Miller. Uh, he was in Bates Motel as a 
character with the last name Miller, and he's also in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yes, yep. yes, Freddy versus <laughs> Jason. Uh, I remember watching it, and I was like, oh, "He was in Freddy versus Jason. He didn't make it." <laughs> oh, he did not. No, he did not. And the uh, body count was three. Still not bad. Mm-hmm. And there's twice in the episode that Dean references the Matrix, calls him a spoon bender. <laughs> the old spoon bender. With his, his oh, so he's a spoon bender. Old spoon bender. He's always got the uh, quick whips with the uh, pop mm-hmm. culture, though. Mm-hmm. He's cool with the kids. He's hip. He's he hip. knows. He's in there. Yes. I enjoyed this episode. Um, for the over overtelling arc that it adds where it where it mm. takes us in the main storyline but I also enjoy it for the aspect of this is the first time we've met a human with an ability mm-hmm. like yes during faith it was a human that was in charge of the, the reaper and doing yeah. the bad thing but this is a, a human with an ability mm-hmm. and you know what we would what we would you know call them you know we would call them x-men we now know that dean would want to kill it <laughs> you know it doesn't matter how nice he is dean would kill gambit if he had the choice oh yeah just because he's a freak he's a monster He's a monster, man. He uh, he's very stern and hard. Definitely in the the first season. There's not a lot of lines of gray for Dean in this first season. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, don't want to spoil too much, but it, it, he does eventually adapt that mm-hmm. living life in the gray. But it takes him a little while. <laughs> he's definitely by the book of John right now. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. The book of John. The book of John. Well, that is our batch for this week's road so far. It's <laughs> a funny way of putting it. <laughs> like yeah. Some cookies. It's cookies right out of the oven. It's just, our batch of cookies. Just take a whiff in. Smell that goodness. Route 666 and Nightmare. Uh, two. And... It, you know, we we discussed this earlier. Route 666 was about Dean. Mm-hmm. This one was about Sam. Yeah. Uh, this was one of the first times where we got to see two individual episodes about the individuality of the boys and something in their past coming back. And mm-hmm. granted, it's, you know, a, a, a love interest is a little different than telekinetic abilities and visions, <laughs> but but that connection, man. Once you figure that out, that's that's pretty intense, right there. Because mm-hmm. the uh, their mom's dying in the same way. Like, there's definitely something at play. Like, there's yes, no getting past that. There's definitely something. I, I we don't know what it is yet, but mm-hmm. you have to feel that the boys are either getting led into something because that vision put them right in the spot. So I don't know if, you know, Sam's getting his abilities from somebody 
if you know mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. supernatural thing is happening or or what but that's very interesting cliffhanger it really is because i think this was this was an episode that if you're starting i remember when we were watching third season one when that uh when that moment happens maddie goes oh (laughs) like she's hooked and it's yeah. like it was one of those moments where it's like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. And oh, okay. Because really, there's not a lot in these first episodes to tie you with the main storyline because you're getting mm-hmm. a lot of development, you're getting a lot of hunts. But really, Papa Winchester is the only thing that's a constant storyline pusher until mm-hmm. this point. Because mm-hmm. now this is the first thing outside of John. Mm-hmm. that you know that's connecting them to the story and pushing it further. So now we know that's not necessarily just about John. It might be about the boys. And it's interesting to see, because like you said, he, he might just be staying away because he's thinking that's going to protect them. But we don't know. We don't so know, we know yet. Early on, we pretty much understand that that's kind of a Winchester creed. Mm-hmm. Anything to protect the family. Yeah. Anything for family. Have you, is there a more loyal family to each other on TV? Um, maybe the Tanners in Full House. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, I don't know. The Olsen twins didn't come back for the reboot. That's true. They, Loyalty they does not lie with the Olsen twins. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen family truly drive characters the way that it drives the Winchesters in a show. It had to be like some type of HBO type deal, like Sopranos or something like that. Cause mm-hmm. daytime, daytime TV, you don't get that loyal. Um, they call them family, but some of the characters in sons of anarchy, I would say they would have, died for family some of them yeah <laughs> a few very few but some kill to be in the family yes yes Oof, that was a rough one too uh no i i, I can honestly say that I, i've never watched a show where family is such a a driving force not part of the story like oh it's all about family it's a family show but like a driving force that makes these characters move and makes them tick is family. Yeah. Cause you always have that, like, especially so far you have that safety net of it not being a solo character. So you mm-hmm. always have somebody to fall back on. So mm-hmm. if our, you know, one of our main guys slip a little bit, you always have that safety net of like, no, we've got this. Like, you know, Sam's questioned himself a little bit in this episode. Like, what if I, you know, fall to that side. And he's like, nah, bro, we, I've got you. I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like you don't even have to worry about that because it's a safety net. I'm not going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to think any different. We've got this. Like you think about shows like the flash and arrow or Supergirl, but there's a, such a big difference between the team mm-hmm. and the family. Yeah. And Yes, those shows show 
the team, you know, like do anything for the team, but there's still a difference in Supernatural and Arrow. Well, even like when, even in Green Arrow, when it comes to family, like the sisters and the dad, sometimes Mm -hmm. like the overall creed of the team is sacrificed because of family. Yes. So it's something about it, man. Something about Mm -hmm. that bond is just very, very intoxicating to be around. And it just makes you love the boys even more. I think being such a big supernatural fan, like, you know, the SPN family is, is all around the globe Mm -hmm. um, because they're so deep rooted in family as characters it increases the aspect of they're part of our family too. We're part of the Winchester family as well as fans because they've got this creed, you know, family don't end in blood. You don't have to be blood to be family, but once you're in the family, it's all about it. Mm -hmm. And it makes the community outside of the show a lot better just Mm -hmm. in real life. Cause there's a lot of situations where people just help, people out strictly because you're a supernatural fan or whatever yeah. type of community you get in. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not like star Wars or Marvel or anything like that. It's yeah. definitely like a, a low key, like cult type deal. It so is. Like, it is. Once you're locked in, it's like, yeah, you ride or die. And I mean, I was, I made a joke uh, the other day to uh, a fellow cast member in a Christmas story. Uh, they said, do you have a TikTok?" I said, yeah, I do. Um, they said, well, do you do videos? And I said, um, not in the definition of what most TikTokers do. I don't do the dances and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Most of mine videos are dubbing supernatural quotes <laughs> or the bloopers of supernatural. And 98% of my followers and people I follow are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> so literally i just have a supernatural tiktok at this point pretty much it's the only thing i really have it for yeah. so i was like i mean it's a group of people that i i can get down with what they're doing i mean all yeah. they're doing is cosplaying and quoting on tiktok so i was like i like this i get behind this it's right up my alley it is and it's and like i said it's it's a different kind of community mm-hmm. than uh the star wars or a dc or a marvel or a lord of the rings even it's just it's different mm-hmm. the fan base is different with each other because it literally is like a family and even you feel like it's kind of your baby so even mm-hmm. if people talk shit about it you're like well this is why they did that in this episode or mm-hmm. so you're kind of like instead of shooting bullets at things like we mostly do with mm-hmm. cinema you're like no, no no they did this for a purpose it's and they're you know pretty clever with it. even with episodes like bugs stuff like that you could probably be like well they're just you know uh, yeah. over there introducing yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. so it's like it's just a baby yeah i i uh i did finally come up with one good explanation for bugs <laughs> i looked at it and i think we have covid to thank for it I looked at it as it's not cut and dry mm-hmm. because it's like a virus. You can't cure it. You have yeah. to let it run its course and survive the night. Yeah. And that's dangerous and scary. Mm-hmm. I just looked at it as the aspects of 
bugs, really. There's bees everywhere. <laughs> There's freaking bees everywhere. And how many beetles does it really take to kill someone? I mean, good God. I know, man. Curses are nasty. Mm-hmm. Well, man, another another one in the books. Another one in the books, man. It's uh, it's going nice, rolling again, knocking these out, getting the uh, character development on, moving the story along, and I'm feeling it, man. I'm into it. I'm you no. Know. Right back into the seasons, even though we've watched it 10 times. (laughs) If you are running out of pages in your journal right now (laughs) at redbubble.com slash 30 and nerdy podcast, you can get a hardback journal customized with the artwork of the road so far on it with your face and my face. And it says 30 and nerdy presents the road so far. Dang. I'm just saying. Two faces in a book. That's a steal. I don't even know the mm-hmm. price, but it's a steal. <laughs> Let's click on it right now. Just the faces alone of the Rev and 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 Tyler Mac is the purchase point. Oh yeah. That'll get you millions and millions of points with the supernatural fans. <laughs> Absolutely it will. Yeah. And of course there's there's tons of other things on the store, but if you need a journal, if you need a book for Supernatural, I am the one you get. What am I? I'm probably about a quarter through this first one because I got one of those thick boys, mm-hmm. and I'm usually trying to cut it down to two pages per notes because I was mm-hmm. going like three or four there for a while. I was like, bro, I cannot because I wasn't even paying attention to the show, just listening. So I was like, blah, blah, blah. It's like Harry <laughs> Potter when the just snake was like, I know, it's like, and Maybe some of the people that refuse to pay attention. And he's like, refuse to pay attention. Wait, what? Why don't I write that down? <laughs> but yeah, I've cut back. I'm learning. It's a learning curve. We're, we're only getting better. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, brother, it's late. Mm-hmm. You got the kids back. When's your next day of work? Tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Sweet, sweet. Sundays the fun days. Well, I believe, uh, I guess I'll see you next time on the road so far. Yes, sir. It is always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. And cheers to you, nerds. Carry on. <laughs>